right, folks. Good morning, Buffalo. Welcome aboard Philip Ward Show, WBNY 91.3 FM. Keep it tuned in here. Folks, I hope you had an incredibly Merry Christmas. I hope it was jolly and good and everything that you wanted. I hope Santa Claus brought that all for you. Now, in my case, and I think a lot of conservatives up and down the country, Christmas came early for all of us. Because on Friday, Christmas Eve, folks, Joe Unity Biden gave us all an incredibly, incredibly worth it sort of moment. This kind of moment where you just think, you know what, this guy Joe Biden is so out of it. I don't really think there's any helping him anymore. And you can kind of tell if you saw the clip that I'm referring to. And I'll give you the news article um, here in a second. I have it in front of me. But you, you see, doctor, and you better call her Dr. Jill Bryan or else liberals are going to freak out at you. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. All right. then. But you see her reaction. She's a little like, uh-oh, uh, yeah, this isn't really good. You know, she, she's at least tuned in. And if Joe Biden at this point in time doesn't know what let's go Brandon means, then I don't think there's any hope for old Joe Unity anymore. So let me give you the headline quote. Biden says, I agree when dad, oh, and the dad, um, Jared Schmeck uh, is his name. This guy lives in Oregon. He's been receiving, as as he points out, he's been receiving threats now. Boy, how dare he use that slur and the way that the media is categorizing this. We have it all. Let's let, let's get going here. You know, enough, enough. Let's get into it here. President Joe Unity Biden. Got a visit from a Christmas troll on Friday, Christmas Eve, when a father participating in the annual White House NORAD Santa tracking call used the phrase, quote, let's go, Brandon. Um, now, the dad, identified only as Jared from Oregon, like I said, now we have his last name as well, wished the president. So let me run you through it. Let me run you through the dialogue. So this guy, Jared, says, all right, well, I wish you guys a Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon, is what he says. Now, Joe Biden, and, and I don't know if he doesn't know what it means, if he thought maybe this is the best way to play this. I, I tell you what, if I knew what that meant and someone said that to me, I'd just say, all right, you know what, they, yeah, thanks for the call, pal. But, of course, Joe couldn't do that. He says, quote, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, I agree. Says Joe, and then he goes, um, uh, you in, are you you in Oregon? <laughs> Yet again, not for the first time in this presidency, Joe makes himself look like a total and complete old idiot who's cognitively totally gone. But 81 million people voted for this guy. I mean, the most popular president ever, right? Now, if anyone is listening out there and doesn't know what let's go Brandon means, let me take you back to October 2nd. Now, there was a NASCAR race at Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. And Brandon Brown, now he is a 28-year-old NASCAR driver. He wins the race. It's, it's, uh, his first uh, The race is called the Xfinity Series. And you had this uh, NBC News sports reporter, I guess more or less NBC sports reporter, and she comes over to him, and the cr you can hear the crowd. I, you know, a deaf person could hear this crowd. F Joe Biden, 
after just repeatedly. Uh, and now the NBC sports reporter, and you wonder, you kind of wonder why almost 90% of the country has no trust in the mainstream media that I, we like to call them on this program the uh, prolific, pathetic, uh, you know, total liars in the media. They're totally pathological with, with, with the way that they think. You know, and just as a side note on the media, you think these people, you get sort of average Americans, right, who, who, who are working throughout the day, maybe, I don't even know, maybe working throughout the night, and they just want to get straight news. They want the news of the day. You know, people want to know about the weather. Maybe they want to hear a little bit about politics. Maybe they want to hear a bit about sports. So you would think that you would get straight news from NBC, ABC, and CBS. Maybe you can go to those channels and actually get straight news. Propaganda news, CNN, is totally gone. You know, you have to be a deranged leftist to be listening to that show and think of what they say is factual at this point in time. MSDNC, yeah, forget about it. But you go to those three channels, you think maybe this is straight news. Couldn't be further from the truth. Because one, you have this NBC sports reporter who clearly hears the crowd. F. Joe Biden. She says, um, well, uh, you, you can hear the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Really? That's what they're chanting? So the let's go, Brandon, meaning F. Joe Biden, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't like some conservative started that. That was our news media, in this case, sports media, in, in our faces. You know, our, our, our ears, we can, we can actually hear this stuff. They're saying F Joe Biden, but she tries to say, well, they're actually saying, let's go, Brandon. No, they're not saying that at all. And, and, and NBC News. So let me give you this. Now, this comes to us from October of 2019. OK, to be exact, uh, or excuse me, not October, November 6th of 2019. This is what NBC News writes. Now, remember, at that point in time. Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Things are going well in this country. We have the greatest economy that this country's ever seen. Gas prices weren't nearly the prices they are now. I had to fill my tank up the other day. $3.50 for a gallon. No, uh, my goodness gracious. You know, I, personally, I, I know all of you have personal stories as well about how grass prices have drastically increased since Joe Unity Biden took over. But you, I used to pay $26 to fill my tank. $26. Well, $35 nowadays to fill my tank of gas. Yo, and by the way, if you drive a truck out there, good luck. God bless you. I mean, and, and, and again, you know, whether it's intentional or not. So you can try and make the case that, well, Joe didn't intentionally do this. Joe cares so much about climate change. Well, really? Because it seems like our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, 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 whatever you want to call him, he is all about these electric cars. What do you think Pete Buttigieg would say to truck owners that would say to SUV owners? He doesn't care about that. He does, If it's up to him, he wouldn't want people driving at all. He would want people riding the train. And by the way, if you're here in the city of Buffalo, good luck riding a train. You know, they've talked about it for years. If you had a train that went maybe, I don't know, from downtown to Orchard Park and the Bill Stadium, well, what, don't you think you'd bring, it, bring in a lot more revenue? We have one train here in Buffalo right down the middle of the city. And it's not even like it goes that far either. 
Thank God we have Byron Brown right down Byron Brown. Save our, I love, I love Byron Brown's slogan, right? Save our city. Oh, from who? The previous administration? Oh, that was Byron Brown. Or the previous administration before that? Oh, you mean Byron Brown again, so on and so forth. And it's so funny to me that once the Democrats here in Buffalo actually elected a socialist, open socialist, India Walton, man, who doesn't have to pay her parking tickets, though. So she comes out and says, yeah, I'm openly a socialist. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Democrats start panicking. Well, is it what the Democrats' policies uh, uh, show and implicate? Isn't that what they want is socialism? No, we, we know we want that agenda, but you can't come out and say you're a socialist. No, no, no. Then you're not going to get voted for. I mean, it's insane, folks. So anyway, so back to the point about Donald Trump. So NBC News, here's the headline. In 2019, quote, take that, Mr. President, woman who gave the finger to Trump's car wins election. Now, it seems like they're in a pretty jovial mood when they write that, almost celebratory for NBC News. Well, here's what they write on Friday. Quote, parent uses right-wing slur during Biden call with no red Santa tracker. So they're furious about it. NBC News, oh my God, how dare they do that? But when a woman who is a Democrat gives the finger to the president, oh, well, that's just all right. If you, oh, and I say this all the time, the news media, right? If you work in the news media, you have to have it in your head that everything a Democrat says is fine. We need to support that agenda. But as soon as a Republican comes on television, Everything that they say is perceived to be wrong. Republicans have to prove why they're right. Democrats say one thing wrong and it doesn't even matter. That's fine. It's all totally good. It's all about advancing the Democratic agenda. And take a look at ABC News. You want straight news from there? Look at who their chief political news anchor is. George Stephanopoulos. He was a Clinton lackey. Okay, go to NBC News. Maybe the Today Show, right? Everyone loves the Today Show. So take a look at Savannah Guthrie. Oh, she's married to Al Gore's chief of staff. Hmm, I think that's very interesting. So and it was either um, chief of staff or campaign manager, one of the two, Michael Feldman. If you don't believe me, you can look it up. So you really think, and, and as far as Savannah Guthrie goes, just go back uh, last year and watch how she herself, did, supposed to be a town hall. On NBC News with Donald Trump, she's on the debate. She acts like it's a debate stage. She's debating Donald Trump. Well, when she's supposed to be a bipartisan news anchor, she's supposed to be the the, the moderator. Again, it wasn't even a debate. Here I am calling it a debate myself. I mean, it was it was astonishing stuff. So anyway, I have a little bit of sympathy here. I say a little bit. Actually, I actually have a lot of sympathy um, for the NASCAR driver Brandon Brown. Now, this article was written last, uh, one was Sussex, last Thursday in the Sports Business Journal with the headline, NASCAR Drivers' Marketability Hurt by Association with Let's Go Brandon. Whoa, whoa, hold on now. Now, Let's Go Brandon is derogatory towards the president. It's a, it's a right-wing slur. So this guy, because he was in the wrong place, at the right time, now he's finding it hard to find sponsors for himself, 
Brown told the Sports Business Journal that the phrase has made it tough for him to land sponsorships and that he is also hesitant to use the phrase on his own merchandise because it involves such a divisive political topic. Now, don't you? I, I think shouldn't NASCAR be rallying around him? You know, the same way that they did old good old Bubba Wallace, right? When he said, oh my God, oh my God, it's a noose, it's a noose, it's a noose. Well, no, it's actually not. It's just a, a, the, the pull for how you pull the garage down. Brown is hopeful. And what about ESPN? Because like ESPN, you know, they, they were all about, oh, how dare this happen? This is so bad. You just watch them on TV. They get political every single day. You watch ESPN. But as far as Brandon Brown goes, well, here he is struggling to find sponsorships. No one wants to talk about this. Brown is hopeful that the situation will eventually calm down. He spoke to the New York Slimes, did an editorial in Newsweek this week in order to start trying to reclaim the narrative after declining media requests for the past couple months. Brown races from a small family-owned team just months after the Talladega situation. He made a viral social media video where he acted like an energetic used car salesman as he talked about how he needed sponsorships. Quote, it's a, it got extremely difficult for us. If you're a national corporation, that means you sell to all consumers. And unfortunately, when you get dragged into the political arena, people want you to take a side. I've never, uh, to take a side, excuse me, I've never been put in a position where it's okay what side you're on, left or right. Whoa, <laughs> hold on a minute here. When you got big corporations all over the country, take Walmart, you know, for existence. Now they're teaching about they're teaching their employees about whiteness, right? The Salvation Army, for goodness sakes, whiteness there. Well, that seems to me as though they're kind of attacking people on the right. You know, because when it comes to white, well, you know, you have those right-wing Republicans who are all racist and they don't believe in systemic racism. So we need to teach them about racism. Right now, the left, the left always gets a pass when it comes to racism. You know, even though that uh, big major American cities have been completely controlled by Democrats for about 50 years now, we're seeing murder rates increasing, crime rates increasing. And yet, no, that's fine. No, we care about the minorities in this country, says the Democratic Party. Oh, really? Because are, are, are things improving? For minorities, you know, Donald Trump made a plea. He said, listen, what do you have to lose in 2016? So hey, Brandon Brown says, if I'm going to divide Coca-Cola, why would they want to talk to me? So the short answer is, it's been, now again, you got to sort of feel bad for this guy. I mean, he did, he did nothing wrong at all. But And, and, and you see it, for, he sees it as though sponsorships don't want to um, um, sponsor him because they perceive him to be a conservative, one of those racist old right-wing Republicans, when he's not like that at all. Now, the worst thing he did, though, the worst thing this guy did, he told the New York Slimes that he is a Republican, but he's not mainly focused on politics. He's focused on racing. Well, good luck in getting a sponsorship now, Brandon, telling the New York Slimes you're Republican? Oh, oh, my goodness gracious. And by the way, you think that, I don't know, if Bubba Wallace just got up and said, F Donald Trump, I think that a lot of sponsorship, maybe Ben and Jerry, the ice cream people, for goodness sake, they would be out sponsoring him the very next day. And you just look to Bill Gates or George Soros, don't worry, you'll have sponsorships. Again, it's, and, and I'm telling you about this because 
There is such an attack on conservatives and conservatism in this country. There always is. And I always say the toughest thing to do is to be a conservative. You have Democrats who want to stab you right from the front. But when it comes to Republicans like Mitch McConnell, King Rhino, Susan Collins, uh, Ben Sass, Mitt Romney, you you, you continue the list of of the so-called, I mean, at this point, George W. Bush, for goodness sakes, he can't stand conservatives anymore. But every two to four years, they come around, they say, we need your votes. We need your votes. The Democrats are so bad. What do the Republicans do to fix that? They don't do a single thing. So when you're actually a conservative, and by the way, now this is our final program before the new year. We have sort of a big midterm election coming up next year. I just want to define for you real quick what conservatism means, what conservative values are all about. It's about, and, 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 and you can find yourself, you know, if, listen, I always say if you're a conservative, vote like a conservative. If you believe in all these principles, please, by all means, vote for it. Lower taxes for all people. Why? Well, we believe that people have a right as to, to what they earn. We want a limited federal government, the least amount of federal government in our lives as possible is better. Why? Because it allows good, hardworking, smart, actually thought-provoking, thinking Americans figure things out. The private sector, the, the public sector, when government is involved, it's a beautiful thing, folks. It really is. We believe that society is composed of Individuals, we don't look at people, you know, black, white, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter to us. We only look at people as Americans, unlike the left. What do they do? They try to divide people. Hey, uh, conservatives look at people. We don't care if you're vaccinated, if you're unvaccinated. We look at you as an American. By the way, that's the left's new way to divide people. We believe in equal justice and crime should be punished. You know, this whole notion of no cash bail. Well, really? You don't have cash for bail? Oh, well, all right, then I guess you got to go. I mean, really? How about you just don't commit a crime? I mean, is is that so wrong? You know, we believe that that families know best how to raise their children. We don't have government being involved in how to raise their children. By the way, uh, Nicole, Hannah Nicole Jones or whatever this woman's name is, you know, who, who thinks that the whole entire country is racist, Nicole Hannah Jones and her 1619 project early, uh, yesterday, she was saying, oh, uh, well, when Terry McAuliffe said that parents shouldn't be involved in what their students learn, well, they shouldn't. I really, don't we have a whole day of parent-teacher conferences where the parents come in and can see how their kids are doing, see how their kids are learning things, what their kids are learning? You know, these the, the women like her, these leftists over there on the left, just sick. It's the best way to describe it. You know, we believe that wealth is good. Every American should have an opportunity to be wealthy. We believe in equal opportunity. You know, is it so bad to believe in consumer choice healthcare? You know, do we want a government-run healthcare? How's Obamacare working out for folks? You know, we believe that competition is good. We believe in the free market economic system of capitalism. When it comes to the military, we don't want these woke, the so-called these, these people that advocate for this cancel culture all the time in the military. We want a military that is beefed up. And Ronald Reagan always talked about peace through strength in the military. That's what we want. And I personally 
believe when it comes to the military, the brave men and women who defend our country, you know, so they give us the opportunity to live the life that we do here in America, where opportunity and freedom and liberty is alive and well, despite what Joe Biden and the Democratic Party want to do. I believe they should have an unlimited budget. I really do. You know, we believe in the right to free speech. We believe that businesses create jobs. You know, we talk about corporations and Joe Biden wants to continue to raise the corporate tax rate. Well, corporations aren't going to pay taxes. It's only going to raise taxes on the consumer. They're just going to raise prices so that the consumer, and, and that's on top of what we're already seeing as far as a 39-year record high, thanks, Joe, of inflation. And we believe, folks, in freedom, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and we believe that America is the best country around. You know, Barry Goldwater is a former Arizona senator, he's also a presidential candidate, spoke about in 1966, quote, the most progress has been made in history under conservative philosophy. And folks, you can take all of that, put it down into five simple principles that was advocated for, written about by former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, in the 1994, the quote, contract with America. Individual liberty, economic opportunity, limited government, personal responsibility, and security at home and abroad. If you find yourself believing in that stuff, folks, don't be afraid to vote for it on the ballot box. Anyway, all right, so I want to get back into the mainstream media here and how they are categorizing the uh, let's go Brandon father, right? Listen to some of this stuff written. Mainstream media journalists have since treated the let's go Brandon phrase as vulgar, vitriol, going as far as even comparing people who use the phrase to ISIS sympathizers. Some outlets, NBC, you know, parents use right-wing slur during Biden's call with Norchak. ABC went as far as saying this, father uses vulgar insult during holiday call with President Joe Biden. Slate News referred to the phrase as a also as a right-wing slur and said what has become a traditional White House holiday call with children tracking Santa Claus took an awkward turn this year when one father used the opportunity to insult the president using a slur that has become popular in right-wing circles. Propaganda News, CNN, White House correspondent. Now, wouldn't you think, right, that the CNN White House correspondent is going to be bipartisan and right down the middle? Uh-uh. Quote, if you think it's appropriate to tell someone, anyone really, to go F themselves after they gave your kids the time of day on Christmas Eve, it says a lot about your personal character more than anything else. Folks, <laughs> what do you think they would be saying if it was, oh, I don't know, a father that called in and said F you to Donald Trump? Oh, my goodness. And then Donald Trump and, and agreed with it. Oh, my goodness, they would be laughing their heads off. It'd be the talk of the country for days and days and days. You got this reporter, Edward Isaac Dover, however you pronounce it, really doesn't matter. Consider the mentality here of the father whose child is excited to talk about Santa Claus. Then he gets to talk to the president and the first lady, but he waits out to the end of the call to sneak in a cutesy way of flipping off the president on Christmas Eve? 
oh, I just told you about how NBC News categorized flipping off the president. They absolutely loved it. The Atlantic, right, if you read that newspaper, good luck and God bless you, the Atlantic's Ron Brownstein said, this is a, this is a phrase, this is a form of insurrection. So I, don't, I don't think it's fundamentally about incivility. I think it is fundamentally about insurrection, he says. By the way, that's all the left go to. Insurrection, January 6th, insurrection. Oh my God, I can't believe that this happened. We could never have a Republican president again. There's going to be an insurrection. That's all they have, folks. Um, here's another headline, Oregon caller to Biden. So this was Jared Schmeck. Now he's responded to this. Quote, let's go, Brandon, remarked that uh, Jared Schmeck said, now he claims he's getting death threats. Says, now I'm being attacked for utilizing my freedom of speech. He says, oh, and he's a former police officer in Oregon. So by default, the left can't stand him. Says, I understand there's a vulgar meaning to let's go, Brandon, but I'm not that simple-minded, no matter how I feel about him. He seems like he's a cordial guy. There's no animosity or anything like that. It was merely just an innocent jest to also express my God-given right to express excuse me, my frustrations in a joking manner. I love him just like I love any brother or sister. He says, at the end of the day, I have nothing against Mr. Biden. But I'm frustrated because I can, because uh, uh, I think he can do a better job. I mean, no disrespect to him. Well, that uh 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 ain't gonna be that way, Jared. You said it now. Now you gotta face the wrath of the left. Um, Kamala Harris did a um, did an interview earlier um, yesterday morning. She's uh, listen <laughs> listen to this headline because this is on CBS News. Kamala Harris fires back at Democrats claiming she's being set up to fail. Now, remember, Kamala Harris is polling at 28%, less than Dick Cheney after he shot a guy in the face. Vice President Kamala Harris saying yesterday that she does not believe she is being set up to fail. CBS News' Margaret Brennan on Deface the Nation, quote, I don't, I don't believe I'm, I'm being set up to fail. I'm the Vice President of the United States. Anything that I handle is because it's a tough issue and it couldn't be handled at some other level. And there are there are a lot of big, tough issues that need to be addressed. It has actually been part of my lifelong career to deal with tough issues. There's no different. Now, Harris refused to say whether she believed the scrutiny was due to the fact that she's a black woman. I'll leave that for others to deal with. She says, I have a job to do. Well, this is funny because last Thursday, Here's a headline. Harris tells allies her race and gender impact her media coverage. Kamala Harris grumbling behind the scenes about negative news coverage and low morale in the White House. She believes she is being treated differently due to her race and gender. Now, this is rich. This is rich stuff here, folks, because you can go back, watch the news articles, watch the featured pieces on Kamala Harris when the news media decided that it was going to be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris who are president and vice president. Folks, well, this is history has been made because Kamala Harris is a woman and she is a woman of color and everyone in the news media loved it. They all ate it up. And folks, it is, listen, it is historical what has happened. But now, so when it's good for her, okay, that's great. News coverage. But now that things aren't going well in the country, 
She says it's only because she's black and she's a woman. You can't have it both ways. That's exactly what Kamala Harris is doing here. By the way, in the same article, she says that uh, she's been talking. Is even uh, Listen to this. Harris has even turned to prominent political names like Hillary Clinton. That's scary stuff, folks. Why would she be listening to Hillary Rotten Clinton, foul presidential candidate, for any advice at all? Uh, now, you think maybe the news coverage is so bad because her policies haven't worked? Maybe listen to her own staff. This was from uh, earlier this month. Quote, Kamala Harris described as a bully and a soul-destroying boss. Quote, it's clear you're not working with someone who's willing to do the prep and the work. With Kamala, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul-destroying criticism and also her own lack of confidence. So you're constantly sort of propping up a bully, and it's not really clear why. Joe Biden. Now, so that's in the Harris, uh, the Kamala Harris section of, uh, of the White House. You know? But then you have the Joe Biden section of the White House, and we've heard about the turmoil between the two before and how things aren't really going well. Well, this came out last week, and this is in left-wing Politico. Now, this is not the conservative, you know, the talk radio people of the world, or Breitbart News, or Fox News. No, 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 none of those conservatives. No, this is in Politico, who's as left-wing as it possibly comes. Headline, Biden aides catch the holiday blues. So even Joe Biden's staffers are not happy with the way things are going. Because according to a political report last week, White House staffers are unhappy with their jobs to the point where they anonymously leave. Oh, and this is something that oh, I just, whether it's a Republican president, a Democratic president, the leaking folk, this, this is one of, the, I, I, one of the things that I absolutely just cannot stand as far as the arena of politics goes. Because, you know, you have, you're supposed to be able to trust these people who are working for you. And then when they feel as if the, that you, you don't like them or something, you, know, you as their boss here, or you're doing something that's wrong, they just go out and they leak stuff to the press. And I, I, I've never agreed with that, with whichever uh, political party is in charge. But anyway, so these White House staffers, oh, and I, and I, listen, I could understand it here. Because I've seen Joe Biden talk. I've seen Joe, well, let me take that back. I've seen Joe Biden try to talk. You know, this is a guy here that, that needs a teleprompter, right, to even get through a speech. So I understand that, that they could possibly, that they're probably unhappy with them, unhappy with the way things are going. I mean, my goodness gracious, folks, look, I, I, I can cite you eight polls, you know, off the top of my head that, that, that just right now show that Joe Biden, things aren't going well. For old Joe Unity. But anyway, so, so White House staffers are unhappy with their jobs to the point where they are anonymously leaking to online publications. They just hope that senior staffers would be alerted to the lack of camaraderie and overall happiness in the workplace. So right then and there, I kind of think, well, if you're not happy with the way things are going and you want the senior staff members to know about it, wouldn't you just go and talk to those people? Are they so busy that they don't have time 
for their own employees? Why would you think that going the route of leaking to Politico, or, oh, they're going to eat that up, they're going to write this stuff like that, or other news outlets, that this is the way to get their attention? I mean, it, it just makes no sense to me at all. So, quote, this is one White House official saying this, a lot of the natural coordination that happens in a typically functioning White House now, Obviously, the Joe Biden White House has been anything but typically functioning. And we can go through crisis after crisis. For in fact, we might in a second. As a, again, this is the last um, uh, 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 show that we're going to do before the new year. We got I mean, to get everything in that's happened with Joe. The total failures, you know, how things were a lot better, you know, this year, this time. Last, well, I say this time last year, you know, obviously we had the pan slash pandemic come into effect. So maybe go back to 2019. We'll get to that in a second. I want to get back to these uh, White House officials who are furious with the Joe Biden administration. Quote, a lot of the natural coordination that happens in a typically functioning White House has been lost. There has been no proactive effect, uh, excuse me, effort to make up for it through intentional team building. That's what they say. So, so um, staffers, say that some have struggled with virtual events. Some staffers have complained that those who are outsiders to Biden's inner circle and network, well, they're often left out. Additionally, staffers say that they've been left out of certain events while other staffers from around the Capitol are invited to their stead due to a lottery system used to decide who comes to certain gatherings. Well, it's all about exclusion, uh, uh, excluding these people here. Now, I want to quickly talk to you about Democrats here because they love to exclude people. Again, like I said, they, it's always about dividing the American people. Now, they'll even divide themselves. But folks, if you see, and, 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 and this is a, it, it's a personality trait more than anything about dividing people. Now, I try to personally pride myself on being, in, you know, in, in including people in things. You know, I try not to talk about myself too much because I just think that, you know, it, it, you're just arrogant, um, you know, it, it confident. The, the, there's a very fine line between arrogance and, and, and being confident. But when you're arrogant, folks, there's really, truly not a lot of people want to be around you. I mean, honestly, it's one of the worst things that there possibly is. Now, arrogant people try to always exclude people. They'll talk about me, 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 me. And they'll say like this, like, well, not you, not you. And, and, and just try to put people down. It's almost a sense of bullying. Well, as we know, Kamala Harris already is, is being described as a bully. But, folks, there's no reason to be arrogant. And I'll tell you why. At the end of the day, folks, at the, at the end of your life, right, when you die, and regardless of your own religious beliefs, this has nothing to do with religion, but... So I would say currently the shirt that I'm wearing is my shirt. Okay, the, the, you know this I bought it. It's my shirt, right? Well, after I die, folks, someone else is going to wear this shirt. You rent everything in life. You don't truly own anything. I mean, you can say you do. There's there's property rights you can sign and agreements that say you own things. But as soon as you die, there's you don't own anything anymore. So, you know, you actually talk about equal rights. Well, folks, I believe that we should all treat each other the way that other people should be treated, treated, excuse me. The way that this White House is going about excluding people, and again, it's not 
me saying that they're excluding people. I'm not just making this up. This is the White House staffers who are saying that they're being excluded. Folks, it's just, it's just not a nice thing to do. So another White House staffer says, quote, it's also hypocritical and ironic that a president whose brand is built on empathy and family has staff policies that fly in the face of that brand. It's not a good look, and it's emblematic of how this place runs. Many of the staffers said they are in the process of updating their resumes and will start looking for new jobs next year once the president officially hits his one-year anniversary in office. And folks, you know, I really, truly loved this tweet from Joe Unity Biden. He tweeted this out last week. Quote, gas prices are down 10 cents nationally. Some states across the country are seeing gas prices at pre-pan-slash-pandemic averages. This will help so many Americans traveling this week, obviously, for Christmas. So you get that, folks? Why don't you look in your pocket right now? You got a dime in there? You can save that dime when it comes to pumping the gas because Joe Unity Biden says gas prices are down 10 cents. Oh, really? Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Um, now, I want to highlight, and again, this is our end of the year show, basically. We'll be back in uh, 2022, you know, hit it hard. But there's two bills here. And this is, um, now this is specifically here in New York State, obviously it affects you and I here in Buffalo, but I haven't heard almost any news media coverage about this at all, and I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting to see if any, maybe, maybe even a local outlet here in Buffalo has decided to um, to decided to cover this stuff. These two, and there's two bills that are really, really irking me, and they have been, folks. They have been for a while. And no one's wanted to say a single thing about it. Now, folks, the first bill here that I want to talk about is called, um, and, and again, now, this isn't me just making this up. No, 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 no. This is in the New York State Assembly. Now, this is bill. It's called A8378. It is by, introduced by Dinowitz. Now, Dinowitz is an assemblyman from the Bronx. All right, uh, it's, uh, I think, District 81. And if you want to look at the bill, don't take my word for it. We'll go, we're going to cover it right now. But nystate.gov slash legislation slash bills slash 2021 slash A8378. That is where this bill and the text of this bill that I have in front of me here can be found. Now, I want to read this for you. It says here, Section blah 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 blah. Section one, section one, you read through it. Now it talks about a child be having um immunity, you know, the immunization, the shots of uh you know rubella, uh varicella, um hepatitis B, all the all the regular shots that 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 kids have to have to go to school. That's what this bill talks about. But what it does is it expands on all of that including, and it's written, it's even in bold letters in this bill, for kids to go to school, they have to be vaccinated from COVID-19. Now, we, we knew that this was going to happen. 
We knew that this was going to be coming. And listen to how they define it, right? The term school means and includes any public, private, child care center, day nursery, daycare agency, nursery school, kindergarten, elementary, intermediate, or secondary school. The term child. Now listen to this because this is where it gets truly very scary for parents in the, in, here in New York State. The term child shall mean and include any person, any person at all, between the ages of two months and 18 years. Two months and 18 years. So if your child is three, you know, and obviously you don't start going to school until you're four or five, you start pre-K or kindergarten, whichever um, one that your parents put you in, you have to be vaccinated from COVID. That's what this bill is saying that's how crazy folks that this democrat party is becoming now folks that's just the one bill and, and and if you go to the bill you see how they toss it up they write requires immunization against covid19 so that's the one bill now the other bill that i want to focus on here a416 now this is put forward by assemblyman perry the district 58 over in the brooklyn area this one is potentially even more shocking, more terrifying, more scary than A8378. Listen to this. It's A416. And again, folks, if, if, you know, if I'm not here telling you about these bills, you, you think you're going to hear anything about it in our mainstream news media? Obviously not. So this is, and it's uh, in assembly. So it's January 6th, 2021. Listen to this. The people of the state of New York, represented in Senate and Assembly, write about this. Section 1, removal and detention of... Oh, before I, before I read you this, I want to give you the link as well. This is newyorkstate.gov slash legislation slash bills slash 2021 slash A416. Talks about, it says it relates to the removal. Now, this is the this is how they toss it up, folks, because when you hear the term carriers in this, what do you think that they're talking about? Relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. All right. Sounds a little weird right off the bat. Removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health or other orders. The provisions of this section shall be utilized in the event that the governor declares a state of health emergency due to an epidemic of any communicable disease. Upon determining by clear and convincing evidence that the health of others is or may be endangered by a case, contact, or carrier, or suspected case. Now, suspected case. So the governor, or the, the governor's delegee, as you'll see in this bill, so anyone that they say, okay, yeah, you can go and, 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 and tell people what they can and can't do. So if they even suspect that someone has a case, and they talk about case, if they suspect someone has COVID, well, listen to what they can do, folks. And again, this is this is right this is right in the New York State Assembly bill. So, 
suspected case, contact or carrier of a contagious disease that in the opinion of the governor, after consultation with the commissioner, may pose an imminent or and significant threat to the public health, resulting in severe morbidity, high mortality of the governor or his or her delegee, including, but not limited to, the commissioner of the heads of uh, or excuse me, the um, the heads of local health departments may order the removal and or detention of such a person or of a group of such persons by issuing a single order. Removal or detention of carriers, folks. Uh, yeah, that sounds a little weird if you ask me. Um, uh, says here, uh, such, um, identifying such persons either by name or by a reasonably specific description of the individuals or group being detained. Such such person or group of persons shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor or his or her delegee um, and complying with subdivision five of this section. So then you go ahead. So th basically what that's saying, and this is from, and again, I encourage you to read the bill you know, yourself. Go to the links that I gave you here. But my interpretation of this bill is that if you have COVID, if it seems, if it, if it looks like, if someone says it looks like this person has COVID, that you can be detained, detained or and taken away, basically, put into a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor. So I really want to know, and I, again, I wish that the news would cover this. I wish that any assemblyman, you know, a, a Dinowitz, or in this case, Perry, that, that they would come on, talk to me about it. I don't think they're going to do it. And say, what, what do you specifically mean by people being detained and put into medical facilities or appropriate facilities or premises that the governor wants to put them to? Now, section five of this reads, a person who is detained pursuant to subdivision two of this section shall, as is appropriate to the circumstances, have his or her medical condition and needs assessed and addressed on a regular basis and be detained in a manner that is consistent with recognized isolation and infection control principles in order to minimize the likelihood of transmission of infection to person uh, to the person and to others. So folks, I, those are two bills that the New York State Assembly, overwhelmingly controlled by Democrats, are trying to pass. And, and, and again, it's all at this point in time, folks, COVID is no longer about, you know, the, the regulations and the, the, the policies that we've put in place. Now, I would argue that it is no longer about COVID and about saving people's lives. I really don't think so, because, you know, you want to minimize the you know, 50. Remember when we heard this last year, 15 days to slow the spread. Well, next week is going to be 2022, and we're still dealing with stuff like this. Now, folks, I'm not a pro-vaccine guy. I'm not an anti-vaccine guy. If, if you want to go out 
and get the vaccine, now by all means, go out and get it. And the FDA has, has, has approved it. You know, the FDA, or if you listen to uh, Donald Trump, I remember him giving an interview and saying that the FDA and Pfizer are, are, are super tight. So uh, take that, make that of, of it, what, what it's worth. But you want to go get it, folks. Go out and get the vaccine. Please be my guest. But if you don't want to get the vaccine, for whatever reason, and I don't care if it's a, if it's a medical you know, exemption, if it's a religious exemption, for even if it's your own personal choice. If you say, I see the survival rate when it comes to COVID, and I'm going to take my chances. If, if, if I get COVID, then I get COVID, and I'm just going to battle through it. That's your own personal choice. And again, you know, it's vaccinated people. Even if you are vaccinated, well, you can still spread COVID. If you're unvaccinated, you can still spread COVID. So for me, the, the, the vaccine's all about personal choice. Um, so, you know, get it, don't get it. It really doesn't matter to me. But what really irks me is that I'm very pro-freedom. And I think that a lot of Americans as well are pro-freedom. So when you have a New York State Assembly and Democratic politicians up and down the state who are openly advocating for wanting this bill to pass and saying that people who, you know, almost even if it seems like they're sick, are going to be detained in a medical facility, talking about detaining and may order the removal of being sent to a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor? Well, I have a lot of questions when it comes to that. And I think that a lot of New Yorkers would have a lot of questions when it comes to that as well. And again, like I said, I've been waiting, waiting for any local media outlet to cover this stuff, and no one has batted an eye at all. Um, now, folks, I also want to, because we have a big year coming up next year, going into the midterm elections. This is the thing. So we have COVID mandates. We want, well, Joe, Joe came out last week and said, well, well we're going to get, uh, 500 million tests out there. So when it comes to testing, Paul, it's not about the safety of Americans. Joe Biden wants more testing out there. Um, by the way, there was an article um, that was written, I believe it was in um, Vanity Fair, and even, even Propaganda News, CNN, is, is, is giving Joe Biden some criticism. I remember um, last Thursday, Anna Cabrera on, on CNN played numerous clips of Joe Biden promising the American people that there's going to be more testing. Joe even said last year, I, I can't believe that we don't have enough testing still. And, you know, we've reached now the over 800,000 Americans who have died from COVID. Well, at the start of the, now Joe Biden tweeted last, I believe it was October 5th. Joe Biden tweeted and said 220 thousand Americans dead. It's either the 5th or the 22nd last October, one of the two. They said over 220,000 Americans dead. Any president who has seen, who has overseen that amount of deaths should be disqualified, totally disqualified from being president. Well, and I would ask Joe, and we started this year with roughly 350,000 COVID deaths. Now we're up over 800,000. And that's after we have three vaccines now, thanks to Donald Trump and Operation Warp Speed. 
So 450,000 deaths from this year alone from COVID. So why hasn't Joe Biden resigned as president? Why is it why is it so bad? And it's a travesty when this happens under Donald Trump. But when it happens to Joe Biden, no, it's just it's just because people aren't getting vaccinated. Well, we didn't even have vaccines last year. And what about folks? Remember when we didn't have vaccines and we were we were being told that, well, you can go out and get an antibody test. And if you have the antibodies, then you're probably immune from COVID. You'd be safe from it. Well, I mean, I, I dare you to go go on to Google and try and find antibody testing. You can barely find any information about it anymore. It's about COVID testing now, and it's about getting the vaccine, and that's and that's like the only solution that we're in right now. And 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 that's you know, COVID. That's only one problem that Joe Biden has overseen. You know, the many I call it the many failures of Joe Unity Biden. How about Bidenflation? 39-year record high. Now, Joe Biden, now I spoke about the polls, even Propaganda News, CNN, is running polling out there to say that Joe Biden's approval rating when it comes to the economy is even lower than Jimmy Carter's. I mean, and Jimmy Carter was a total disaster. Now, thank God, after the four years of Jimmy Carter, that Ronald Wilson Reagan may be, if not the greatest president of the United States. Then he came around and decided that, yeah, it's time to save the country. And God bless Ronald Reagan. But, you know, if you're the Democrats right now, do you do you double down on Joe Unity Biden and his policies? Or do you come out and say, well, inflation's a problem? I mean, it seems to me as though... Joe Manchin, Senator of West Virginia, the guy that, and he said, so he says he's a no vote when it comes to build back better. And Joe's, you know, spending plan that in, in, in court, you know, if you listen to Penn Wharton, the, their business study, they said it's like $4.8, you know, trillion dollars that are going to be spent. The Congressional Budget Office said it's going to be $367 billion being added to the uh, national debt. You know, you, you, you think that any responsible politician is going to pass that. But as far as Joe Manchin, he says he's a no. I don't, do I totally, you know, trust Joe Manchin? Remember, he still does have a D next to his name. So I don't 100% trust him. But, that, you know, if he says he's going to be a no vote, then good. You know, I think he's one of the only Democrats who's concerned about inflation. How about the Biden border crisis? You know, we have, we have seen in this year alone over 1 million illegal aliens who have come into this country who have flooded over right through a wide open southern border now kamala harris in march was well, she was appointed she's the border czar right and what has kamala she hasn't even gone down to the southern border yet she doesn't care about it and the only person that i hear who's concerned about it from the democratic side is henry cuellar Democrat congressman from Texas. He said, uh, yeah, this 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 is a problem. But you hear nothing from Joe Unity Biden about that. And now I, one of the biggest things in this year that I think will always plague Joe Biden and his presidency is the total debacle of how we basically surrender in Afghanistan. How we just walk out of it. Well, 
we're leaving. The Taliban wants us out of there. And again, this is a Biden administration who described the Taliban as businesslike. Really? The Taliban, who have murdered, tortured, and killed people. Af Af they've killed the Afghan interpreters over there. They've killed, you know, uh, SIV recipients. They don't care. They kill Americans. That's what they do. They are murderers. They are terrorists. And now they run Afghanistan. It's now the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. You know, and we still, to this very day, as we speak, we still have, is it, is it hundreds? Is it, I don't know. Is it, is it 200, 300, 400? We don't even know. The State Department doesn't know. How many Americans are still trapped, stranded, and abandoned in Afghanistan? And when, you know, think about Afghanistan. When's the last time you've heard anyone in the news media talk about Afghanistan? It's been, and Joe said, Joe promised. Well, if we withdraw from Afghanistan, then it, it, it's not guaranteed that the Taliban are going to take over. Well, look at where we are now. It was always guaranteed to happen. And the process of it as well. How stupid can you be? Joe thinks it's a good idea. Okay, well, first we're going to uh, we're going to uh, take our military out. Why do we take our military out before we take our civilians out? Uh, then we'll take uh, all the see all our military equipment we use. Then we'll take that out. Then we'll take civilians out. I mean, really? And again, we tasked the United States tasked the Taliban. We trusted them to make sure that American citizens could get to Hami Karzai International Airport. And now here's ISIS K now forming, and ISIS K claiming responsibility for killing 13 U.S. service members who this year just weren't able to have a Christmas last week with their family because they're gone. And at the uh, the dignified transfer, here's Joe Biden, right? Every time one of the service members was being honored, Joe Biden is checking his watch. I mean, it doesn't get more disgusting than that. You know, you look at Russia, now totally emboldened. Russia, who want to invade Ukraine, who have troops on the on the Ukrainian border, look at China, and they want to reunify with Taiwan. Well, we know what reunifying means. All they want to do is take over Taiwan. You look at Iran and the Ayatollahs there, who burn our flag in their parliament. They're their own official government of parliament. They burn our flag and they chant "Death to America." You know, is that those are the what's what's Joe going to do? Give millions of dollars in cash on a tarmac just like Barack Hussein Obama did. You know, I don't I, I don't really I can't you know, if you even talk to Democrats, I don't see any single thing that Joe Biden has done good and anything that has benefited the American people. I really don't see it, folks. And you know what? As we you know close out 2021 here, and as we go into next year, 2022, you know, I, I the the big question that I have for all Americans, whether you're here in Buffalo, whether you're here throughout the entire country, are we going to let Joe Biden and the Democratic Party get away with this, or are we going to put Republicans in charge of the House and the Senate and say, you know what, Joe, everything you've advocated for and done this year isn't working. 
Joe's first year as far as being president has been a total failure, folks. We have good news on this program. We have 1,119 days left to go in this administration. That being said, folks, have, I hope you had a Merry Christmas last week and have a very healthy and happy new year. And I will speak to you in 2022.